This show is brought to you by Club Force. Club Force is a sports participation system to help volunteers raise funds, manage data, and communicate with its members. So I'm here with Joe on the Backdoor GA podcast. My name's Kieran Noble and I'm covering for Paul this week. It's great to talk to you here today, Joe. Yeah, it's great to be on. Um, a lot of action over the weekend and Obviously, big game this weekend, Dublin Mead for, for myself, so it's uh, looking forward to it. Yeah, what did you think of the action at the weekend? I suppose there was a lot of uh, cricket scores again, but the Derry-Donegal game proved a good one to watch. Yeah, well, look, it was the closest, and it was probably the one that was going to bring off the shock if you looked at it beforehand. Derry were after coming up from Division 4, Division 3, and moving very well. They've had some very good wins obviously in the, the the league final as well and you know they were coming in with some good form and at the end of the day it was um, Donegal obviously was still hot favourites but they put it up to them and to be honest they felt they probably should have won the game they had a lot, a lot more guilt head chances for goals um, you know a lot of Donegal lads I don't know if it was complacency or the way Donegal or Derry played and they weren't expecting it but Derry went at them and they were very sort of proactive in the way they approached the game. They had some very good performances all across the pitch and it was um yeah it, it was a good game and there was just it's, but in that situation the backdoor system this year would have worked perfectly. Derry would have went on, you could have had a nice run in, in a in the backdoor system and it would have given them massive confidence. Whereas now that they're gonna be licking their wounds from sort of the beginning of July all the way till next year when the league starts and it's it's, uh, it's, it's probably tough to take, but look, um, Donegal, they scraped in, you know, what a, what a fantastic point by uh, Paddy McBrarty, and he, he, he was quiet issue, he started quite well, and then he, um, he was sort of marshaled quite well um, throughout the game, and you know, when you, when you look at how the rest of the game went, um, he was probably the only one who was going to be able to kick that point, even Michael Murphy come onto the pitch, he wasn't looking in great sort of shape to go out of defence. Obviously, he was holding his hamstring a wee bit as well. He was probably very rare. I know he kicked the two points, but it wasn't that sort of cut and thrust of the uh, full-on attack. So he um, he probably wasn't trying to make himself too available, maybe just link into a play and, and set up something. So, but what a score, you know, 40, 45 metres out on, on suddenly over his shoulder. And, you know, it was, it was never in doubt. And it's... Um, Donegal who move on and uh, they'll take that as a bit of luck that they might need and um, they, got, they got lucky and see how they go the next inning. Yeah, it's unlucky for Derry but I thought Connor Glass looked very good um, in the game and he's a real promising player for the future for Derry and their future progression and there was a lot of positives yeah. for them. Yeah, absolutely. Like uh, We spoke about him coming back from the AFL and what, what a big uh, bonus he has been to them. You know his uh, professionalism. He drives through the, the from the midfield and straight through and, and covers a lot of ground. And he's just he seems to be a very good leader. He kicked his first point in um, in championship football as well, which is a is a nice mark for himself. And it was a great score. Um, you know that that they, they had all around. You know that the scores from all over the place. They they had players running from deep, and um, you know it was it was very unlucky for them. You know they had two they had a, Shout for a penalty, I think it was a penalty. The goal chance in the second half, where it's popped across the, um, uh, can't remember, sorry, I can't remember who it was, but it hit the crossbar. You know, it was probably easy to hit, harder to hit the crossbar than bury it in the back of the net. So it's just, it was an unfortunate day. And look, it's something Donegal and Rory Gallagher will look back, or Derry will look back on and say that was one that got away. Yeah, lucky for Donegal. They seemed a bit rusty at times and they seemed to be struggling with the pace of the game. And then that Paddy McBrady point kind of dug them out of it at the end. Yeah, big time. And look, when you look back at the game, and um, you know, I, I think that they just could have took them for granted a wee bit. Um, you know, Michael Murphy, it just showed the impact he has on their squad all over the every year. And, um, you know, even 
and the down game was probably a game we shouldn't have played. We spoke about it. Um, and this was the more important game that we, we were looking at. And when you look at how things went, you know, he had to come on, he kicked two frees. Um, and he was probably, he was probably obviously not at hundred percent. You could see it, but he wasn't his usual self. Um, but when you look back and you, you see, um, the rest of the team, they're very lackluster. Um, the queue was in and out of the game, you know, as we said, McBrody was in and out of it. Um, you know, and it was just, they seemed they seem to be dominated, especially in the first half, they dominated quite, quite a lot around the middle. Um, and, and when you look at sort of attacking foot, half back line of um, Gareth McKinless, who was driving through every time as, as soon as he could, um, you know, Donegal didn't have an answer for it. And, yeah, or De- and, and, and to be honest, Derry probably should be further ahead at half time, and they were probably. Lucky then, as you said, not to win again. Three players that I thought did play well for Donegal were probably Hugh McFadden, uh, Niall O'Donnell, and then Michael Langham is just getting better with every game, I think. Oh, yeah, like my, Michael is, is kicking points of fun. He, he's, he's, he's really sort of filling into a, a leader of that Donegal team, and he has been over the last couple of months, he was especially in the league, he had a quite a good league. Um, but they need them lads to step up because with, with the likes of Michael Murphy out and, and not sort of starting games, they need they need leaders. And look, Michael has took that burden for, for years as a, as the captain and the leader of the squad. So um, I think it's about time the rest of them did because they're, they're going to have to because these days Michael Murphy's not going to be there. And um, this, is, this is where the young lads from Donegal that have been brought onto the squad and the team that sort of have to step up and, and take that mantle on. Yeah. I suppose the other Ulster game at the weekend was Throne and Cavan, and people didn't really know what to expect from Cavan, obviously getting relegated to Division 4. They obviously won Ulster last year, but there wasn't that much hope for them going into the game. What did you think of that one? Yeah, look, it was probably as expected. Uh, Tyrone have had sort of not a bad league, you know, and they were coming in, and um, after Cavan's dismal performance, there wasn't much to, to be expected of them, to be honest. And, um, you know, I think the right was on the wall straight away. And it was, it was, it, it looked like a, a Division One and Division Three team, you know, to be honest. And um, Cavan still have that hangover from last year from that great Ulster win. And it's, um, I, I just think that, you know, Tyrone are in a, in a different headspace. You have a new management team coming in. Um, and, the, the, the players that they have are, are just in great shape. They've changed a few things around. They've, they have a new style of play, a lot quicker moving that ball into the full forward line. Um, you know, when you see what Darren McCurry flying, he, um, I think, what, he, nine points? Um, Ten, I think, yeah. Points, was it? Yeah. Um, you know, he, he, he's, he's on fire. He, he always has had that ability to be able to do that, but now he's obviously getting that chance every day, starting every game. You know, even when Mickey when Mickey was there, he was the lad might start, he'd come on, he might be taken off, you know. So trying to get some consistency in your game, it's always tough to do in that situation. So it's um it's great to see for Toronto like, to kick 118, which is a massive score as well, you know, and they'd be very happy with that. Paul McShane got game time, delighted with that as well, you know, and they still have Conor McKenna to, to come back out of his indisciplined Cull or whatever it is, I don't know what's happening there. But as far as I know, there's some sort of indiscipline, and that's why he hasn't been. Um, he wasn't on the squad. The injury to Dara Canavan as well. He's another young player that they'd probably prefer to have on the pitch and playing. And Paul Donahue as well has been a bit of a revelation this year. Obviously, he did really well in the clubs last year with Dungannon, and he did well in the league campaign. He was kicking scores, and he looked. He got his first championship point, and he looked good in patches at the weekend. Yeah, and they have that. They have they have the options there. You know, that young uh, Darren Canavan is is an incredible footballer. He's, he, I've, I've watched him a lot over the league. Even last year, he came into the squad, and he's just so well balanced. He can read the game very well, and um, that's no surprise with his father obviously being Peter, and he's um, he obviously has that brain for the game as well as as Peter Canavan had. So he's um, he's well drilled on it, and, and you can see the ability he does have. And, Hopefully, let's let's hope uh, the injury is not too bad. He can get back into championship football this year. So it's uh, they do need him 
I know he's only young, but he he has a big influence on that squad. Um, and look, yeah, they, they've got options everywhere. We spoke about sort of how many different scores that they're getting throughout the league and it's carrying on into the championship. Look, it's going to be a different kettle of fish the next day, but you know, the signs are good for Toronto, especially with a new management team coming in. They're starting to really move well. And, and you know, I, I, I think they, they could nearly be favourites for, for the next day. I just think it's probably with the knockout later this year's competition, maybe it's too early for them that they're trying to get that transition from the Mickey Hart style of play and maybe they're trying to play more attacking now. And then around the middle of the park, I'm unsure if they really know what their best match is. Con Kilpatrick came in there the other day. And with uh, somebody like Sean Patton next week, like the kickouts he has, they're going to have to contest in the middle of the park. Yeah, and look, that's obviously where McKenna is going to be. Could be a loss. He, he could play at midfield there. Um, he, he's he's a great presence. I know they had been playing him in full forward, but it'd be a natural fit in there if uh, Kilpatrick wasn't sort of suited to that role. Um, and when you look back off Centrone teams, they have always been strong around midfield and competing at midfield. So it's a it's something that they're going to have to look on because defensively they're quite strong. Obviously up. Front then as well, there's a lot of options. You know, Ronan McNamee is going to be a big loss after his red card. Whether they'll appeal it or not is another thing. But I imagine they will with the knockout system. If they had it, the backdoor system, they probably might let it run and try and move on without it. But it's um, it's knockout football and they'll need Ronan McNamee, to be fair. He's been one of the best defenders in the country over the last couple of years and he's um, he's going to be badly missed if he's not around. Yeah, what do you think the key battle is between Tyrone and Donegal this weekend? Like, where is the game going to be won and lost? Mm. Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. Um, I think for for me, it's how the Donegal defence cope with that Tyrone forward line. Um, we spoke over the last couple of months, Donegal leaking a lot of scores, which they're not used to doing. Um, they're not funneling back as quick. They've probably done it a bit quicker over the weekend. Um, they were just sitting back, but they still popped up a lot of goal chances. You know, so they're not actually getting that contact on, whereas you know, a couple of years ago, they'd be stopping high up on the 45-yard line, pushing them out. Even as soon as they got in around the D area, they were stripped of the ball, whereas now it's, it's a lot easier for teams to get through for them. And with Tyrone's forward line, it's going to be very interesting to see the match-ups as well because this Tyrone forward line is lethal. And if they can have a good day, I think that, that, that could be the win in the game. Yeah. And obviously the other Ulster semi-final is on Saturday, Monaghan versus Armagh. So that leaves us with the four Division One teams, which probably is fair, you know, that they're in the last four. But Monaghan and Armagh could be a really good game. I think either team could really win this. Their game in the league was quite close, but Armagh pulled away at the end. But Monaghan have got better since that first game in the league, I think, with every game. Yeah, and it's um, I think it will be a tight game. I think they're quite well matched. Um, I just have a feeling Armagh could be on, on that upward trajectory and, and they're they're in good shape at the minute. They're, they're really flowing. Hopefully they get the few injuries sorted out in defence because they've been probably just a wee bit open in the full back line over the last couple of months, especially when the lads went out injured. So if they get them back and then focus on sort of their strong points from midfield up, which is a massive area they've improved on um, over last, especially this year. Um, you know, their foot, their foot passing, their quick movement of the ball um, could give Monaghan's defence a lot, a lot of problems. And, you know, Monaghan have coughed up massive scores in the league as well. They've scored a lot, but they've coughed up a lot. So it's uh, it's going to be, it could be a shootout, to be honest, because Armagh have conceded high scores. And, you know, the likes of McCarron and uh, McManus for, for Monaghan uh, moving very well, it, it's it's going to be very interesting. Yeah, obviously McManus had that injury last week and he was on the crutches. So we'll have to see how fit he is. Or... Yeah, and it, if you're coming off of crutches... After a game, it's not a good sign, you know, especially for game two weeks later. So, look, he's got, he's okay, and he, he'll be ready to play, but it's, um, it's, not, it's not a fantastic sign. 
Yeah, but as you said, Rian O'Neill and Stefan Campbell up top for Armagh there, like really good scorers as well. So I agree with you. It could be a real shootout. High scoring game. Maybe not a lot of defending, but uh, there could be a lot of scores. Yeah, look, I <laughs> as a forward, that's all I want to see. You know, you want to see free-flowing open games. If they're close, yeah, that's what we want as well. We want to see competitive games. Um, obviously, after the talk of last weekend with sort of blowouts and um, you know, we want to get that competition back in the games and they're two very well-matched teams going up against each other. It's an Ulster semi-final. There's, a, there's an Ulster final there at stake and, you know, whoever comes through will be confident winning it and, and, and that's that's the goal at the end of the day for, for these two teams and they've, um, they've a massive chance to do that. So it's, um, it, there's got to be hair flying, it'd be held a skelter, you know, it'd be, it'd be non-stop, 100 mile an hour and, I expect uh, I expect nothing less from an Ulster semi final, but I just see um, Armagh probably coming out on top. Would you think it's fair to say that for the four teams that are left in Ulster, they're like it would be big for any of them to win Ulster this year? They're probably a little bit behind the likes of Dublin and Kerry, and maybe even Mayo. So Ulster is really important to win for any of these teams this year. Oh, big time! Yeah, it's a great point. Like to be fair, they're they're looking at probably. Obviously, they'll see themselves and have the confidence to go on to win an All-Ireland if they can win an Ulster uh, title. But I think that's their main goal this year. Um, when you look at Armagh, they're, they're the improving team along with probably sort of Tyrone, who have a new management team. So they're probably a couple of years behind, obviously, where Armagh are at on their progression of sort of style of play, players coming in, switching over a management team. So it's... Um, and, and Donegal... When you look at what happened last year against Cavan, you look at the game at the weekend, um, I'm not overly convinced that this Donegal team are where they should be at, to be honest. Um, before that Cavan game last year, everyone's like, yeah, they're the team to, to challenge Dublin. I didn't see it myself at the time either, but um, look, they, they could turn around and give a great performance against Toronto, but I, I just can't see them doing it. You know, it's you need that sort of confidence in the games, the way you're playing, the style of play. And it just doesn't seem to be clicking for Donegal at the minute. And I know Michael Murphy's a massive loss, but you know, they should they, they're still struggling a wee bit to sort of show that form that they had probably up to from the beginning of last year and the year before. So it's um it's Amar, I think, are in pole position if um if they can come out the right side. I feel like everyone's been hyping up Armagh for years, though and you know, every year you say, hopefully they'll do it this year. And hopefully, well, obviously I'd prefer to, if Tyrone did the business, but I think Armagh have, you know, really been progressing every year. And a few years back, they had that close loss against Mayo in the qualifiers. And then last year, obviously, they were beaten pretty convincingly by Donegal, but then Donegal ended up losing to Cavan in the final. So it's really interesting this year. Anything can happen. I don't think there's any clear favourite, really. No, it's very tight. And probably if you look at the odds on, on whose favourite, it's... There's a couple of points between them all, you know, and, and that's how tight it is. And look, I was saying a couple of months ago, I wasn't convinced with Armagh until they started getting these wins that they need to show against the top teams that they can actually compete. And they're slowly starting to do that. They've done it in the league a couple of times and they pulled out a win that they needed to win in a, in a Division One game against the top team, you know. And it's uh, it's it's going to be interesting, you know. I'm looking forward to it. To be, uh, I think the two games to be top quality in the, the style of football that the two teams are playing, quality players that are there in the in the four squads. It's um, it's going to make for some good watching, hopefully. And uh, moving on from Ulster, we'll probably have to talk about Connacht and Mayo are probably a lot of people's third best team in Ireland at the minute. But I suppose they've played Division Two and they haven't really been tested in Connacht as yet. But they did look very good against Leitrim, but I know you can't really take that as a... You can't really look at it as a form radar or anything. You know, they were expected to beat them very well. But it was sad to see at the same time, I thought. Yeah, look, Mayo um, were just on a different stratosphere to Leitrim, to be honest. They've, they're, they were never going to beat them. They were never going to have a chance of beating them. And, and that's sad to say. And um, I spoke before how much a fan I am of the, the provincial system and everyone having a chance to win All-Ireland. But... If Legion play Mayo a hundred times, they won't, they get beaten a hundred times at the minute, and that's the that's the issue. So it's um, not good for Mayo. It's not good for Legion players to be getting bet by what was it 25, 24 points? It was one point off the or twenty five 
one point off the official record. So they were lucky enough they didn't get that tired with that tired with that brush. So it's um player and it's it's the, like the Legion players. You know, I heard I heard a like it, it could be a complete another rumor, but the, the players would rather play with their club than play with the Legion senior football team, and that's not good to hear either. So there's obviously something wrong down there. There's there's issues that they need to sort out if they're going to improve the players. You've got depopulation of Leitrim as well. You know, the people have emigrated, people have moved to Dublin and transferred out of there. You know, and they have all these issues compared to other teams where they've got an abundance of talent and they have no issues in that regard. So it's um, it's unfortunate, but look, Mayo done a very professional job. I was never in doubt they could have racked up more scores, to be honest. They'd missed a couple of goal chances, but they were very professional in, in the way they went about it. They got a they got a lucky goal just to get them going at the beginning, but when they did, it was just every every opportunity they took. Um and look, and and that was even with probably Aiden O'Shea just not at his you know brilliant best. He was playing that deeper role rather than the week before we seen him playing at full forward, you know, causing havoc. So um, they were probably just changing things up, maybe to get more run run into legs after missing the the lead through injury. So it's um it's gonna be interesting there. Like it's Mayo are flying. They're so fit. The lads coming off from everywhere. They you know Oshin Mullen went to centre back and just was driving forward the whole time. You know the the lads just were pace all over the place and it's it's great to see. Um, you know Conroy was just flying inside. Um, he sort of was. He set the standards for the first fifteen or twenty minutes. He went out. He got. He maybe got tired up, and he, he probably went out of the game a wee bit in the second half. But he was the one who sort of was setting setting the standards, and it was um, okay. But it was a job they had to get in and get done, and they done it with very little fuss. Yeah. Now they move on to Galway, and of course Mayo are promoted back to Division One, and Galway are heading to Division Two. And I suppose it's a massive game for both teams but I heard today that the game's been moved to Pro Park to allow uh, more yeah. fans and it's not going to be in McHale Park anymore in Mayo and I think that's great you know that they can get the fans in there in a bit of atmosphere and it should be good Yeah I think it probably suits all, all Mayo a wee bit better um, they're obviously used to playing there a lot more than Galway have they probably like the open space and um, even though Castlebar is a home venue for, for Mayo they'll probably have more of a benefit from playing in Crow Park and look yeah it'd be great to see you know you're getting two, two, two top teams in Ireland playing against each other in the best ground as well so um, look people say look why are you bringing two teams up but at the end of the day if you can get as many people in to watch the games who haven't been watching them for the last two years it's great to see so um, it's um, all going well it'll, it'll go ahead and um, look it's I think Mayo will be strong favourites going into it um, Galway just haven't seemed to set the world alight as of yet they're, they're struggling with sort of their identity of where what type of football they want to be playing they're an, a traditional team of free flowing football but they're leaking a lot of scores and they're, they're trying to sort out the defensive system so I don't think they'll be able to do that in time to be able to get on top of Mayo and look it's it's a it's a conic tight, it's a conic tight mistake and anything can happen and we've seen shocks to Roscommon over the years and Sligo over the last couple of years that have come up and, and rattled teams. So I, I won't I wouldn't be surprised if Galway beat them, but I just can't see um Mayo letting this drop because they're very seem very focused and driven to sort of where they need to be at. Yeah, absolutely. And then obviously there was the two uh, Munster games at the weekend as well. Kerry kind of um had a good win against Tipperary. That was expected. But I thought um obviously David Clifford is the one who gets all the headlines because the points and the finishing and another great goal. His brother Paddy, he the work rate he has, it's like, it's almost like he makes David a better player because they have such a good understanding, and you know they almost seem to just understand what he's gonna do or and the scores and I think Paddy's class as well, like. Yeah, and look, it's a, it's that brother combination. Like I played with two brothers my whole life, and you do have a, an instinct when you're playing with them that they'll understand. What you're about to do before any other play would do would see. So it's, it's that sort of case of kicking ball out the back, training together for years, club football, county football, um, and 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 you can see it obviously um, having a big impact on the team. You know, Paulie had a fantastic game, man the match, and 
He's um yeah he's that link play between the sort of the midfield area and into the full forward line at pace is incredible and himself and uh, Paul Gainey are doing a great job there and they, they just it's so seamless for them. Um, look, it was expected. Tipperary had obviously high hopes after last year winning the uh once championship and I think they've just sort of way things went with um this year's league for them is when we look at Cav and the two teams are sort of really sort of. It was just a, a bit of a, a real disappointment for them now. So there was no one expecting any shock again, the way Kerry had been playing. So Kerry, same thing, you know, they they got the scores early, so they killed off the game. And, you know, I think it was sort of game over with 20 minutes to go and Kerry could sort of ring, ring in the changes and, and the, bring in the likes of Spillane and these boys that sort of come in and have an impact and get game time. And that's what they need. And they need a strong bench and, it's looking, it's looking very strong coming into the sort of months of final. Yeah, and obviously Kerry will be looking for redemption against Cork in the final after what happened last year. Obviously, Cork beat Limerick kind of handy enough in the end. And it should be good the two teams getting to go at each other again. And obviously, Kerry are the favourites, but you can say they were the clear favourites last year as well. So you can't really... You can't really rule it out, you know, another Cork upset, but I don't think Kerry will let it happen again. Yeah, look, we look back at that game last year and it was the whole setup that Peter Keane brought in. He went completely defensive with two wing-backs playing wing-forward, changed around his team. Absolute madness. And there was a lot of talk about it, obviously, down in Kerry and what happened. But um, I don't think that'll be happening this time around. Um, I think they'll be going very focused on what they've been doing over the last couple of months. Um, their league play, their style of play, their pace, their foot passing, um, their score and their ruthlessness. That's what they'll be pushing at. And look, Limerick put it up to Cork. You know, it, it was still it was still with 15, 20 minutes to go. It was the game was in the balance. And you know, Limerick had them rattled for a while and um Cork had to obviously kick on and got the goal and you know ended up winning by a number of points. But it was um it wasn't an easy assignment for them and you know, we, we have spoke about Limerick, how they are improving over the last couple of years and, and they've had tight games even with Tipperary last year. Um, you know, so it's it's not a shock to see them competing to a point. You know, they're probably missing that a small bit more quality in, in the squad. If they can get that, then they can move to the next level again next year. And it's great to see because you want more more teams competing and getting to the next level if it's the second tier or it's the first tier, whatever it is. Um, and it's only good for the players and the squad. And there's obviously a lot of good work being done down there as well. So, look, it's um, it's the traditional call Kerry months of final. And um, to be honest, I don't see much of a change in the fact that Kerry will probably come out on top. Yeah, obviously we've covered um, Munster and Ulster and Connacht now, but do you think teams are a lot more switched on this year than they were maybe six months ago? We're not getting those upsets like the Cavans, the Tipperaries, do you think teams are a lot more, they're not taking anything for granted anymore, they're just, they know that every game they have to be switched on and ready? Yeah, I think it's a point where it could possibly come into the training, the preparation of a team as well. Uh, maybe last year there was teams coming in not expecting to be so cold from a lockdown situation straight into a championship. I know there was a couple of league games here and there, but when it came to the thrust of the championship, they just expected to turn it on and it didn't happen, so you know, I think there's been a lot of focus in squads with that situation. It's one game knockout. And, you know, there's a lot of teams under pressure. There's players or managers under pressure to perform after last year. So I think, yeah, there was, a, I think there's a big push on that to make sure everyone's focused. Top teams are looking extremely ruthless and are ready to go. And it's, um, it's hopefully it's going to make for a good sort of end to the championship. Yeah, because I guess last year when you got to the semi-finals, you kind of knew who was going to be in the final, like Mayo and Dublin. Even though Bray and Cavan kind of shocked people as it was, people kind of knew that it probably wasn't going to happen again. So, but now, the oh, yeah, look, it was it was great for football, like to see it, and you know, your comparisons back in what was a hundred years ago, the same teams in the squad of semi-finals, you know, you know that nostalgic stuff that you know people love to hear about, and it's great for the two teams that. Likes a cab and anti-prairie, and, and that's what gives people hope, you know. And we're, we're talking at the tier system, but you know, if Cavan and Tipperary are going to be in, you know, tier two, tier three, whatever it is now, um, so they're going to have no hope of being in an all-out semi-final for a year or two. So it's 
know, that's where the, there's that gray area of, is it right? Is it wrong? You know, so it's, um, it's, uh, oh, look, we'll, we'll, we'll hopefully have um, a good end to the championship with the strong teams coming through who are probably the better teams at the minute. Um, and, and, and hopefully then we'll, we'll have someone other than Dublin winning the All-Ireland. Yeah, yeah. Moving on to Leinster and going on to the Leinster semi-finals this weekend, I'm sure you're hoping for the first shock in the championship that Mead can do a job on Dublin. How are you feeling about that one? Yeah, as the days go on, I'm getting more confident. Um, I don't know why, but I just... Probably over this, the course of the league, um, Dublin have looked vulnerable in stages um, in certain situations. Um, even the uh, situation with Cluxton at the minute, you know, that can't be good around the squad. There's, there's, there's bound to be some unrest. Um, John Small's out, you know, there's a few things like that. But Dean Rock's only coming back. You know, he's missed a lot of football. Um, is he going to be sharp and fresh, ready to go? Um, you know, so there is just gives us mead men a slight bit of hope that it could could be a shock on the cards. Do I see it happening? Oh, I can't see it, but I, I just hope for ourselves that we go and actually go at them. Um, you know, see Dublin against Wexford. Wexford were very confident in holding the ball against them. Um, you know, using the pace that they wanted to play at around the pace Dublin wanted to play the game at. So it's um it's going to be interesting. We need we need to set up with a with a with a, the right way of playing the, the game and trying to win the game as well. There's no point trying to contain and hopefully Dublin don't beat us by too much because it's happened before. We've lost by twenty points, so we've got to, We've got to have a game plan that we can use our pace, our goal scoring abilities that we have up front, um, and hopefully then contain the dubs at the back. You know, turn over and tack a pace and and see what happens from there. Yeah. As you said there, you'll probably have to do a lot of scoring, but you do have some really good forwards, Keane O'Sullivan, uh, Jordan Morris, like those type of guys that are really good scorers and they can really turn it on. So if they have a good game and shoot the lights out, who knows what could happen? Dublin could have an off day. Oh, big time. That's what we need. Like being realistic, we need Dublin to have a really bad day and us to have our, our best day of the year. And it can happen. It's not It's not unrealistic. Um, but a lot of stuff has to go right for us on the day for us to win the game. And, Look, as you said, John Morris has been one of the best players that we've had over the last couple of years since he came in from the mid-20s. Um, you know, Mickey Newman is back as well, which would be a great boost sort of to the squad. Um, whether it's start or not, I don't, I, I'm not too sure, but he, he's even for free-taking situations, he, he, he's, a, he's a massive option. Um, you know, Brian McMahon, Eamon Wallace, Joey Wallace, these boys weren't starting. Um, they were being brought on and, and the impact and the pace that they would have is, is great for, for the team and you know, obviously Killian is um around the last number of years and he's um on his day he can do anything. So hopefully with you know, even with Brian Menton and Don Keogan and um, back from their injury the last day, they weren't firing on all cylinders. I'd, I'd say they were just probably trying to get through the game and, and get the game time into them. Um so they'll have another two weeks in under the belt. So for for a good bit of training. So hopefully they'll be ready to go. And obviously with Conor McGill back at mid at full back. It'll be, uh, be another boost to the squad. So, look, I'm not getting um, caught up in something that might or might not happen. You know, you look at Dublin, they're just an incredible squad of players. Um, but they just look that there's something, there's a glitch there somewhere that is it's not having a firing on all cylinders. And it's um, it just gives us a wee bit of hope and the players that they can actually believe and go out and win this game. And that's what we need. Um, it's 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 going to be the toughest game they've had they'll ever have if they do win it, um, because Dublin are arguably the greatest team to ever kick the ball, and it's uh, it's not going to be easy to shake them off, and they're not going to be one who would give up their Leinster title, their All Ireland title. So these boys are very mentally strong, um, and always have been, and it's it's going to be a very tough game for ourselves. Yeah, just one of those things you just have to wait and see and hope. And then obviously in the other semi-final, Kildare are probably the favourites against Westmead. Uh, Jack O'Connor's obviously got them up to Division 1 now. And if they get to a Leinster final, I'm guessing that's a pretty good year for them as a squad, like to get promotion to Division 1 and to, to a Leinster final, which they haven't got to in a couple of years. So, Yeah, big time. And and it's it's about measuring your, your success. Like success for Kildare would be exactly as you said, uh, back to Division 1, 
Um, they were they they'd seen out the game pretty well in the against Alfie the last day. They started slow, kept Alfie in the game, and they they looked to be a wee bit vulnerable, um, especially in defence. But you know the, the the quality players shone through and end up winning the game comprehensively in the end. And I do think Westmead are improving a lot. There there's a lot of a lot of good players there that are, that are stepping up over the last couple of months. Um, and look. I think this is a game that could be a shock. I think Westmead could really put it up to him. Um, we do, Mead especially, we got shocked by them a couple of years ago in Crow Park. We, no one was expecting it to come out and bet us. They rattled a couple of goals in and they have the players up front to be able to do that. So if that happens and, you know, Galera on their game, you know, and they're probably looking to a Lens to final with, with one eye on a Lens to final and hoping to get there. Then you could take Westmead for granted and complacency could kick in and um and can happen then. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess though, yeah, it's been an interesting game and that's what we want at this point in the championship. We want games to get more interesting and we want to kind of be, you know, wondering what the score is gonna be, who's gonna win, and not just be foregone conclusions. So I guess we're getting to the nitty-gritty part of the season nearly almost, and like the good stuff. Yeah, look and when you look at sport in general, not you look at Premier League, you look at World Rugby World Cups, you look at everything, and there's going to be games that teams are going to hammer teams. You know, you know, your Rugby World Cup, you see what <laughs> did um, New Zealand won a game there by 100 nil the other day. I, I forgot who. Yeah, yeah, against Samoa. Uh, yeah, like and Samoa aren't a bad team, but on a day that's that's the ability that New Zealand have because they're one of the top teams and they're the best team in the country on the world. Sorry. Um, you look at the Premier League and Man City against like the Crystal Palace or someone like that, they could win four or five nil. So on the day, these games can happen, but it's trying to reduce that down to a very minimal amount of, of times that it's going to happen to make the games competitive, to make it obviously for people watching it, for the players playing it, and just in general for the game, the good of the game, that's going to improve players and it's going to improve over the next couple of years. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but then, if we're looking at it, I think it's the Connacht champions will go and play the Leinster champions in the semi-final. And I think it'll be Munster and Ulster. So, if you were guessing, you'd probably say Mayo will be there, Kerry will be there, Dublin will be there. Ulster's uncertain. But do you think we'll get a Kerry-Dublin final this year? I think it's in line for that, yeah. I just think it's... Um, we, we were all raving about it last year and then obviously Kerry went and done what they'd done and, and that was the end of it. And um, I think Mayo, it just came a year too early for Mayo last year. Um, they probably were just trying to come back with James Horn. Um, they were just trying to probably re reassemble a squad of younger players uh, and just get back to where they probably need to be. And they're, they're very close to at the minute. Um, but yeah, I, I just think, I think it's ready made for Kerry Dublin final this year. Uh, it's no disrespect to the other teams, but I just think on form and the way the teams are playing, um, unless the major shock I can't see anything other than that and um, to be honest with what I'm seeing in Kerry it's 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 looking incredibly well um, their strength and depth on the squad is is, is incredible that they, their form for most of their players is just getting better and better and I didn't think they could after you know sort of the league performances that they had Obviously, there's still a doubt about their defence and, and how they can cope with the Dublin forward line and, and Dublin will, will obviously put it up to them if we do see that in the final. But it's, um, look, I think for every neutral, it's the game everyone wants to see. It's the team, I think, are the closest to beating Dublin at the minute. So it's uh, it's something that we'd like to see in an all-island final. Two teams go at each other and, and see see who comes out of it. Yeah, obviously, Kerry and Dublin had that draw in the league and... Kerry did score a lot, but they also conceded a lot. So the defence is kind of their issue. And I was watching the Sunday game on at the weekend and uh, they were saying, Kieran Will was saying that they need somebody like Keno Sullivan, you know, to kind of fill that role and kind of keep them tidy at the back and just do a bit of work because Peter Crowley struggles a bit at times. Yeah, I think what they are doing is um, the half-forward line is, is tracking back very well. And what they're doing is doing a lot of high dispossession around the midfield area rather than let it get back to that full-back area where they're a bit vulnerable um, in a one-on-one -on -one situation. So I think there's just, and even with Paul Clifford, he's dropping back. He's got massive pace. He's massive energy level. So he's able to loop back in, 
break up play and and then break out fast on on the um on the break, which is where Gary are extremely dangerous one on one because most of their forwards are unmarkable on a one on one situation. So it's um gonna be interesting. They have changed a few personnel in the full back line. Um, you know, Gavin White has moved well in the half back line. Um and and defensively they're looking a bit stronger over the last couple of games. So look hopefully they can they can sort of use that again in the in the game against Cork, try and tighten up again, you know, really focus on it because that's where they need to focus on. The midfield the fall play is fine. So it's I think if they can get that right, they have a massive chance to go on and, and do big things this year. Yeah, absolutely. But then Mayo, you never know either. But having Dublin in the semi-final will be tough for them, I'd say. But you never know. They are the team probably that have given it to Dublin the most in finals in recent years, except for that Kerry draw, obviously. But um, yeah, it's exciting, you know, what can happen. But is there any player in particular that's kind of stood out for you or impressed you so far in the championship? Um, I think Oshin Mullen. Um, um, sorry, yes, for for Mayo, um, uh, centre back. Uh, he played centre back at the weekend. Sorry, he uh, he's just, he's just I think he's been the best player in the country at the minute. His pace, his power, his his confidence to drive up the field. Um, he was full back. Now he's centre back. I think it suits him more. Um, because he just creates so much going forward. Look, I'm, pro- I'm, I'm probably just not wanting to name David Clifford just because there's other players there as well. David Clifford is one of the greatest players that I've ever seen play a football game. Um, his skill level is is just on a different level. His, his accuracy um, and his, his killer instinct is, is just something that most players would love to have and, and just comes so naturally to him. So it's it's... Oh look, it's it's great to see these players, you know, and that's the good thing about it. You know, when you look around all the top teams, you know, as you were saying, Dara Canavan, you know, um Jarlo, Jarlotho Burns for Armar at midfield, you know, these boys that they're all natural, very skillful, fit flying animals of machines that are playing our game at the minute, and it's it's great to see. Um and look, there's there's other players there I'm probably missing out on there is there's loads of them. Um, but it, it's great to see in the competition for these players is great because they want they believe they're the best footballers in the country. You know, to, if you went up to um, Kerry, they'll think they're the best. You go to Dublin, Conor Callan, absolute flying. You know, Brian Fenton. These players are who are you know players who come along once every century, and and, and we're getting to see them all at the one time, and it's great. So. And um, look, hopefully that the form continues and hopefully no injuries come about to the players and we can get to see all of them in full flow over the next couple of months. It's actually funny you mentioned Conor Callan there. I was talking to a big, big Dublin fan a few weeks ago and he was saying to me, you know, everyone goes on about David Clifford all the time. David Clifford this, David Clifford that. But I think Con's better than him. I think Con is like underrated. I think Con's a uh, pure athlete. I think you could put him in any kind of sports situation and he'd probably flourish. And I think David Clifford's just an out and out footballer, you know, really talented. I think it's an interesting debate, but I wouldn't know who to pick in that situation. It's just, they're just different, I guess. Yeah, big time. I, 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 the nail on the head, they're, they're, they're different types of players. Um, as a natural footballer, I don't think there's anyone who can touch David Clifford at the minute, to be honest. Um, and that's no disrespect to any of the players. I think everyone understands how good of a player he is, um, and 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 that just shows in, in his play over the last couple of years. Um, so look, it's it's obviously Dobbs would say Conor Callan would be up there. Um, I think they're actually would realise that Clifford is, is probably a better footballer than Con. And um, Con is like, don't get me wrong, he's top class and what he does. Is is just for his power. He, he's not overly tall either, but his his strength and to be able to throw lads out of the way, his pace and power, it's um it's unstoppable at times. So it's um oh yeah, it would make for a lot of interest and talk over the next couple of months. And these lads, you know, getting ready for sort of semi finals and finals, they're they're only going to get better as well as the weeks go on. Yeah. 
Do you think that there's a lot of teams now, well, not a lot, but a few teams like Tyrone, Kerry, Mayo and Dublin that have the forward lines, you know, but a lot of teams except for Dublin are kind of struggling or not struggling, Kerry are getting there, but some teams are trying to find that balance between attack and defence and they're trying. some teams are trying to transition with new managers, and you know, but they're getting closer as in their overall game is improving, but the forward lines are quite equal, I think, scoring power-wise. Yeah, we, we've been speaking about this over the last couple of months, like how, how how many teams are putting up these massive scores and some great scores, you know, long distance points left and right, um, you know, going for that killer, the, 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 the killer goal, you know, not just setting it for a fist over the bar. There's a couple of years ago, every player was nearly afraid to take a shot on goal because managers were saying, no, we need scores, we need to... You know, don't give the team any boost by taking a goal shot for a goal and next thing it'll be turned over. You know, so you know, it's great to see, you know, there's goals galore happening over the last sort of especially throughout the league and over the last couple of weeks as well. And that's what you want to see. Like at the end of the day, like I'd rather see a shootout than a seven seven, you know, defensive game where it's just and look, it happens and teams do that and you know it that's you know, it, it, it depends on how teams set up, but it's great for the game to see high, high score and free flowing football, and it's um, hopefully long may continue. I personally want to ask you this question. I was talking to you about it before a bit, but in terms of coverage, how do you? I've been watching some of the Ulster games on BBC and like so, Oshin McConville and Mickey Hart, and then Peter Canavan's on there sometimes if he's not with Sky Sports. And I suppose you can throw them into it as well. Like, where would your preferred kind of place to go? To watch the games, would it be RTE, would it be Sky Sports, would it be BBC for the Ulster kind of games? It's a funny one now because the like the Leinster semi final, me in Dublin isn't on telly. Like, it's it's crazy, you know, and it's it's unheard of that a game isn't being showed on free to air telly. Um, not right. It's a it's a Leinster semi final, and everyone should be able to watch it. Um, look, I don't know if there's a deal done with GA with GA Go Go. Um, to be able to get on and watch that and obviously pay and obviously get more subscribers on. Um, I'm not sure, but it's, it's I don't think it's right. I, I'd, I'd rather, I'd, I'd watch it on, on all channels. If there was a game on Sky, I'd watch on Sky. If there was a game on um, RT, I'd watch it. But my, if it was on both at the same time, I'd go with RT, to be honest. It's um, just for, it's just probably habit and, and just, you know, been watching it over the years and it's it's just um I think I, I it was just just my own preference. But look, you when you look at some of the punditry on Sky that it's it's pretty good and um as, as we spoke about like Mickey Hart and um Ushie McConnell went at each other during the week weekend and it was probably a lot blown up um which probably it, it was it wasn't really much of a conversation but it was just round and round in circles that were going so I don't think it was there was much to it to be honest but um, I wouldn't really get watching BBC stuff too much. Um, game, also games if they're on RT, I'd, I'd watch them there. So it's um, oh look, wherever you can get to see a game and you're not having to sort of go paying for it and all that, I think it's the best because at the end of the day, it's our it's our um, national game and everyone should be able to get to watch it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think especially in times like this when everything's so uncertain, I think it's great for people to be able to stick on the TV and just watch a game and. It's exciting for everyone. Oh, big time, yeah. And that's that. Unfortunately, the GA to make money and they've been hit pretty bad with COVID over the last couple of years with attendances and gate receipts. So maybe this is their way of trying to get them um, um, the revenue back. And look, you've got, you can't debate that either, but you've got to be able to let people watch the games. So. Yeah, even um, the club scene last year, a lot of, I know in Wicklow, they were doing Wicklow GA TV. So like a lot of the club games were like, I think you pay the fiver for a game or something. But a lot of the club games, like, you could watch at home on your computer. And I think lots of people love that in players. Oh, yeah. And it was getting a lot of local access to players that you might not have seen before. And um, you've seen some of the, the the Northern games, especially, were on a lot. And um, it was great to see some great games. And I'm sure that'll be this, the case again over the next couple of months when, when obviously... Um, not everyone will get to the games and, and people will be still still watching from home. So, um, look at but at the end of the day, people like to get out and go to the games, get the crowds back in, get the, you see all around the world, there's crowds back in the games and hopefully over the next couple of months that'll happen and 
we'll have an all iron fine with um, the right crowd in it and the, the, the atmosphere of an all iron fine. So hopefully that happens. Yeah, especially with the Mayo and Galway game, I suppose. It's a good trial kind of to see what happens. And obviously they had the Derry Offaly game before that. Um, but it's a really good kind of if they go well with 18,000, I'm sure maybe they can extend it for a semi final or a final. And, you know, again, we'll yeah, I'd say uh, the Mead and Dublin game is a that double header is at 18,000 as well. So it'd be interesting to see how it goes. And um, hopefully, then we'll increase to sort of 40, 50,000 in the right way. Absolutely, yeah. But then um, I also found I went to Toronto Kerry a few years ago, two years ago, and I was there and not a lot of seats were filled. It was actually only on all Ireland final day that the place was packed out but in the semi-finals there was not many people there yeah and it's, it's a disappointment because years ago I remember we were playing Leinster first rounds Leinster quarterfinals semi-finals and to be six or seventy thousand people at it and it's it's all about the game you know the competition for the game um, and the style of play that was happening over the last sort of maybe seven or eight years ago it wasn't attractive to people and then obviously with Dublin sort of having that um, run on everyone and there was there was no sort of competition in the games you know everyone knew what was going to happen they were just waiting for the All-Ireland final and that, that was the case so look hopefully we're carrying Mayo and Exetron and these boys and um, coming through that um, that that competition will come back and it would be it would make for some great viewing over the next sort of months and years ahead Yeah I suppose it goes back to what we were talking about a lot today the scoring power if teams are scoring and they're scoring other goals, it makes it more exciting for the viewers. And of course, they're going to pay for the tickets then. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Look, hopefully that's that's going to be the case and we'll, um, we'll hopefully see the benefits of it. So I was going to finish up by just getting a few predictions from you for the games at the weekend. Um, Obviously, there's Monaghan Armagh on Saturday. How do you see that one going and by how much points? Oh, uh, it's going to be a tight game, I think. Uh, I think, as I said, going to be high scoring um, but I think I think Armagh by two or three points Yeah and then Tyrone and Donegal on Sunday how do you see that one going? I think with the oh, it's, it's like Michael Murphy's back Ronan McMe out it's going to be another tight game it's, there's not going to be much in these games but I, I think Tyrone the way they're moving they're starting to get up and running I, I expect Tyrone maybe to win by it could be the minimum Hope you're right. Um, then the Leinster semi-finals, of course. Kildare and Westmead. Obviously, me. They're going to beat Dublin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no question. Um, yeah, look, Kildare and Westmead. I said it could be a, a, a bit of a shock, but if Kildare come out and the players perform, they should have enough to be able to see off Westmead. Could be four or five points in the end. Yeah, and then Dublin Meads. Do you want to give one on that or? I'll uh, go Mead minus three. That's what I'll go. Yeah. With. <laughs> but yeah, look, I, I just hope we perform pretty well and I hope we actually do justice to ourselves and play 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 the football that we can play and if we can end could happen. But I'm um it, it'd be very hard to see anything but a Dublin win, unfortunately. Yeah, well, we all hope we'll get some good football at the weekend and some close games. We're all looking forward to it. So thanks for talking to me today. No about it. Thanks very much. Yeah, after.